This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovic. I love Billy Steele. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Welcome back. Welcome back to On the Block with Stricken Block. Block. It's a tough <laughs> <one>. Block. <laughs> Stricken Block. Listen, we're in the second hour of On the Block right now. A lot of people really don't understand. I, I, they, they listen to me right now. They talk. They listen to me about, talk about football and I, you know other sports. Some people may not know, listeners may not know that you know I, I played all of these sports. I may not have played in the NFL and I may not have played it but I've played baseball and I've played football. So, you know, they're going to look at me like, how in the heck are you going to have a legacy discussion, Eric, about who's who and who's that and whatnot and all of that. Well, I mean, I, I happen to have a great affinity for football. And so we're going to get into it in this five o'clock hour about football legacies and the coaching. We always, as you said, we always talk about the quarterbacks and, and the impact players and the hall of famers and who did what and how many rings did they bring up or put up. And that's going to be part of the discussion right now. You know, we look at it at the coaching standpoint. I mean, a lot of people are starting to question Colin Coward has, has thrown the gauntlet out there and said, Hey, you know, let's take a look at this Andy Reid thing. You know, is Andy Reid, you know, can he be thrown into the goat discussion and into that conversation. So, um, you know, I'll, I have my thoughts and some of my thoughts. I am not going to uh, lead this discussion. I'm going to allow the great boxer to step in and talk about what his thoughts are about the potential legacies of these two wonderful coaches. Great coaches, by the way, had long tenures, have been in the game a long time, and they also have great pedigree. They have put together a treasure trove of coaching pedigree that is under their under their helms that that have come through and now moved on to be head coaches of their own. I think that's something that you might want to throw into that discussion. I think a legacy is not necessarily about how many with the coach coaches, not necessarily about how many rings that you win particularly. There's some things to to also I think throw in that mix when you think about being a great head coach and a legacy style head coach. So what is your thoughts about it? in this particular discussion that we're bringing up right now about the goats of coaching in the NFL. Well, first of all, I respond to your first thing is hopefully they don't question you were drafted uh, as a baseball player. You tried out for a national championship type football team. So, I mean, you, you definitely had the skill set um, to do those sorts of things. And, and you, you had a lot of uh, experience doing those things, uh, just maybe not at the highest level like you get to the NBA. So uh, no questioning you. Myself, on the other hand, I, I couldn't play in high school. I didn't have any. I, I just, I, I'm just not very athletic. Uh, I can kind of shoot a three, but not at that level. But that's about all I can offer athletic. So I just sit back and make my opinions known anyway. Uh, but uh, as far as, yeah, the, the coaching legacy, um, 
kind of stuff on the line this weekend. And you're right, Colin Coward kind of is leading the Andy Reid discussion um, and, and trying to gear toward maybe if he puts together a couple championships, could he be an all-time great, um, maybe the greatest of all time? And, and that would probably be taking it away from Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill Belichick has won the most Super Bowls. Um, you could look back at like a Mike Knoll or some, you know, some of the old school guys that have those rings. Chuck as Chuck Knoll, excuse me, yeah, yeah that yeah. have those rings. He had four with Pittsburgh. So um, that's, you know, that it's not, you know, Celtics got six, I believe. Um, so it, it's a, it's a lot, and sometimes you just do that ring discussion. I just think if if Brady can one win one, as old as he is, in in Tampa, I mean, you're not propelling Bruce Arians into that discussion, right? Uh, although he is a great head coach and, and himself got into the game a little bit late as far as uh, his age. So, you know, maybe if he was able to get it as a little bit younger. But it just kind of – I think it would take away from Belichick a little bit if, um, you know, Brady was able to do the same thing in Tampa that he was uh, with the Patriots, especially at his age. And, and you'd start to question how much of that is earned. And it, it kind of goes back to kind of what you think about Phil Jackson. I mean, Phil Jackson has has the most titles are right up there. Uh, I believe, you know, if you go back to the Boston days, uh, you know, you might have an argument there. Um, but as far as modern day NBA basketball, he's, you know, he won 11. But he won 11 with, with Michael Jordan and Shaq and Kobe. So, um, you know, you kind of wonder, Scottie Pippen, obviously, um, how much of it is the players versus how much of it is the coaching. Uh, and I think that, that that would take a bit away from him. And maybe in the long term, the discussion, if Tom Brady is able to win two this late in his career in Tampa, whether it's this year or next year or, or you know, home, who knows how much longer we get Tom Brady. I think that takes away from Belichick and he – you know, did well this year, was able to, to with Mac Jones, make the playoffs. But, uh, you know, that's not going to be factored in when you talk about the all-time discussion. So it's just kind of weird because we, we love these legacy discussions, but Brady's already got it under wraps, right? He's the greatest of all time as far as the quarterback position goes. Um, so now you just kind of move it, you know, move that microscope, you know, where else you can see it. And I, I think the coaching aspect of it is interesting if, if the Bucks are able to do it, especially um, if they're able to do it um, with the – the, the the losses that they have. Obviously, Antonio Brown, um, Leonard Fournette out for the year. Uh, it, it's not going to be easy for them this year. I, I personally just don't know if Andy Reid can get into the discussion. I mean, you, I think that's a very premature to, to start mentioning that. I know the expectation is you're going to have Patrick Mahomes. You sign him to that huge deal. He's going to be great for who knows how long, right? But you're expecting the next 10 years, and you can jump into that discussion. But Andy Reid's also kind of up there in age. I don't know if he's going to finish out Patrick Mahomes' uh, career as his coach. Um, so it, it's not necessarily, um, you know, I don't think you, even if, if, if they win this year, I don't know if you completely take Belichick out of that spot, but you'd probably start to question a little bit. Well, I also think there are some things to look at, as you said. I mean, Andy Reid, is, he's 63 years old now. So, you know, does he have 10? I mean, he's, he's dealt with some health issues and, and he has some some issues there. Uh, but one of the <laughs> crazy things about his his resume is that I mean he's won five shoot NFC championships uh, just didn't ever win the big one but he he did that without a Mahomes you know he did it and he had gotten to a Super Bowl without Mahomes you know he also won five you know of of six of those I mean those five championships with six different quarterbacks, whereas Belichick only won it with one, right? So, you know, when you're talking about coaches, to be able to do it and have those type of win, win clips and winning seasons, you know, obviously he's got finally got his one. That even just helps him to even be in the discussion. 
Uh, I think that's one thing to look at. Also, you know, when I when I look at just for me, too, it's also just when I'm looking about legacy, I'm looking at, you know, what they brought to the table. You know what I mean? So when I look at Reed, I look at his disciples, you know, he his disciples that he has also created. You know, they've not only had playoff appearances that are double the number, you know, multiply double, twice doubled the numbers of what Belichick's been able to do, right? You know, so Belichick's been able to do it with under the scope of the Patriots. I mean, that's great organizational skills. That's great, you know, honing and finding. Then you've got to look at just what Brady has been able to do. Brady has been able to raise the bar for players like Julian Edelman and guys that just revamp guys' careers as in, um, you know, who was kind of having trouble, you know, you look at different players that have come through Randy Moss and all those dot guys that have kind of come through there. They've kind of revamped guys. But I look at their disciples. I mean, the playoff appearances for the coaching trees, you know, there's only been four, uh, four win. I'm sorry, four playoff appearances in 27 seasons for Belichick's. And then there's been 18 in 45 seasons for Reed. I think that's something to kind of have to look at, right? 40% of, of, of their seasons end in playoffs as opposed to 15% for, for Belichick. So Belichick is, uh, you know, he's achieved 71% of playoff appearance record, whereas 89%, uh, <laughs> he's done that as a head coach himself, whereas Reed's percentage points are, are just behind him, only at 70 overall, but 83% as a coach of the Chiefs. So, you know, they have very similar combinations. I think also when you look at, uh, their coaching tree playoff records, you know, that they're, you know, Belichick's coaching tree is one in five, whereas Andy Reid's is 18 and 15. So, you know, I, I, I think Andy Reid has been able to translate that amongst those who are amongst his staff, which shows that his coaching abilities, you know, have some translation to it. Right. Whereas those that come under, uh, you know, Belichick's, it's just something I think to throw in there. Just is it translatable outside and now uh, without the goat you know the greatest player that you've had and that you basically found is 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 it something to say that he has a lot to do with it as opposed to your coaching skills one other point i want to make is the game has changed though right bach the game the game has significantly changed i think belichick being one of the greatest defensive minds of all time you know what i mean mm -hmm. coming out of the era where you had the steel curtain and the purple, you know, people leaders. And, you know, you had all of the Raiders, you know, it was defense. You had Ray Allen and the, and the Ravens and Belichick was part of that element. Right. And, and so defense at that time was the focal point. And that's why he was able to get it done. Now that the game has transitioned and become more offensive orientated. Now, it's, it seems like it's shifted into Andy Reid's realm. So Andy Reid is starting to see some successes and transcendence in, in what he does. And, and, and so if he does have that time, could he put a stretch together that can throw him in the mix a little bit more than, than what the conversation exists right now? I think it's possible. It's just going to depend on his health and, and, and what he's been able to do with the Kansas City Chiefs has been phenomenal. Yeah, and we'll see too. I mean, I'm really looking forward to that matchup with the Chiefs in Buffalo this weekend because when we talk about legacies and propelling guys upward, I think Josh Allen, you go and go back to the quarterback, and I'll get back to the coaches in a second, but Josh Allen 
beating Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, what that could do to elevate him from what is probably already a top six quarterback in the league to being one of the guys, right? One of the guys that you enter the season saying that might be the best quarterback in the league. If you can do it against Mahomes, that would be a, a very big deal. But you could just kind of look at the coaching matchups uh, in these games and, and break down, like you said, kind of what's working these days. And it's more, it seems to be more offense, kind of the younger minds on offense that are getting it done. Sean McVay with the Rams, obviously, um, still in the playoffs. Sean McDermott with Buffalo. Kyle Shanahan with San Francisco. Matt LaFleur at Green Bay. Zach Taylor, of course, we know, with Cincinnati. Those are all pretty young guys that have kind of come up with this big offensive movement over the last 10, 15 years. Uh, and so I don't know. It'd be hard to pick out one of those guys, which ones you want or which, I mean, but when we're talking about the greatest of all time, we're, you know, we're, we're focusing in on Andy Reid and Bill Belichick as they wrap up the resumes. A lot of those young guys uh, might, you know, a few of them, I should say, might eventually try to, to break into that uh, discussion as well. And, and this year might be the first year, like you said, you kind of need that Super Bowl win before you're going to talk about it. Uh, and Andy Reid got his a few years ago. Could be the same case for for one of these young guys to break into it, and for and I, and I think overall, um, you know, you look at the other coaches that I didn't mention: Mike Vrabel, uh, Bruce Arians, Andy Reid, that are in the playoffs. I think overall, if you had to rank them, you'd probably have Zach Taylor at the lowest point or just the starting point. It's his second year in the league, so that's it, nothing against him. And, and, and a big accomplishment for him to get um, Cincinnati their first playoff win since 1990. Um, but I mean, he I mean he certainly could propel his name. Uh, a little bit up the coaching ranks in the NFL. The further he gets Cincinnati, he's got a long, you know, they got Tennessee this weekend, but as far as long-term prospects, you know, with Joe Burrow uh, and Jamar Chase already being one of the better connections in the league, um, he's going to have quite a, a fun career. And I know some Husker fans are interested in him, um, you know, as far as a connection to the Husker program, as far as prospects um, down the line, if Scott Frost doesn't work or the next coach doesn't work out. Um, it's looking, I mean, I, I, I'd say continue cheering for Zach Taylor. You're probably only going to get him on the downfall, you know, side of his career if that does happen. Um, but hopefully for in his case, it doesn't. And, he, and you know, he can still bring, um, I guess attention to the program being an, a, a former Husker um, at the top level and, and, and providing um, that type of exposure for Nebraska football. Obviously, more than anything, Nebraska football has to win to get back into that discussion. But I'm, I'm just th thinking right now, it'll be it'll, it, it's hard to project Zach Taylor coming around to Nebraska unless you know he has a little bit more success with Cincinnati and then kind of falls down the ranks. But uh, especially if you, if you're talking about the success that he's had, he's probably lined himself up for another NFL opportunity down the line if it doesn't work in Cincinnati. Well, there, that's that's there's no doubt about that. I don't think he's putting himself in a bad position to be able to. Uh, move laterally somewhere or even get a better opportunity. There are some older coaches that are kind of, you know, starting to find their way out. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Tomlin, what happens with him. He's oh, yeah. been there. He's probably one of the longest tenured, you know, coaches for uh, an organization in a while. Um, you know, then you've got to look at guys like Gruden. I know Gruden had that situation. Will he ever get another opportunity out there? I don't know. There's still some, you know, and I think Gruden's a good one. I mean, I, I, you know, I hate that that situation happened for him. I mean, it is something that did happen, uh, unfortunately. Um, but, um, you know, he, you, you, you hear it both ways, both sides of the coin there. You hear it, you know, that he's a D head, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then you hear it that he's, you know, a coach is, he's a player's coach, you know, so you, you, you get that balance on both sides there. And then, you know, just, 
it's it's just interesting kind of to see also with a lot of the openings kind of who fills voids and who's going to fill in spots and um, you know, all of that. I think there's some good up and coming potential coaches out there with B enemies and, and uh, you know, the likes of them um, also um, Vance Joseph out there, you mm-hmm. know, there's guys like that, that have some great minds as well that, that, that uh, just haven't gotten a look yet. I was very surprised that B enemy didn't get a, a better look. I thought he's, you know, he's positioned himself very well to get a, get a good job out there. Um, but, being a coach also is important to look at where you're going. It's going to depend on the organization, what type of organizational backing you have, you know, are they committed to, to winning? You know, some people, you know, would say organizations like Jacksonville or, or stuff like that, you know, do they really want to win? You know, are they just happy to be owners or are they just happy to be there? You know? Yeah. Uh, so there, there's some, that's what I'm glad to see that the Bengals have kind of come out of their 31, you know, year hiatus and, and break through because, you know, I, I, I thought the Cleveland Browns would have broke through quicker, but, you know, Baker Mayfield saw fit to get rid of one of the better receivers right now out here. And, and, and I know Odell Beckham is like loving heaven right now because, oh, yeah. of, you know, that transition to be able to get in. I really thought they were on the verge. Um, so what's going to happen with, with stuff like that? And then you, I feel bad, man. One of my close friends, Tim Grayman, is is a big Detroit fan and loves the Lions. And, you know, I've just consistently seen them have great, you know, pieces, you know, with Megatron and and Barry Sanders. And, and, you know, even, you know, one point Stafford was doing wonderful for them. And, you know, they just never really wanted to seem to put the, the extra pieces in there to make it successful. So, you know, I, I would hope some of these, these not, not blue blood organizations. Um, I would like to see, you know, more of the smaller organizations that have been around for a while to kind of make their way and, and make their leap. You know, even the Minnesotas and, and the, even the Jets, it's been so long for them. You know, they've kind of been in the back burners of what New York Giants have been in. The New York Giants have been in the mud even over the last six to 10 years. So it's just interesting, man. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all pans out. Uh, but I'm happy for guys like Ryan Tannehill, um, what he, he's been able to revamp his career, you know, after everybody and their mom read him off. Um, so I, I love those types of stories as well. So I I know I jumped around a little bit, but there's just things that have kind of popped to my mind when you're thinking about, you know, the NFL game and how it is right now. Oh yeah. And it's fascinating. And it is hard to kind of stay focused. I remember like even thinking, you know, you t- think about the downtrodden franchises and, <clears throat> and maybe they do take a, a chance on a BNME or a coach that hasn't got their shot like a Zach Taylor and it can pay off um, for them down the line. Um, but there are so many of those franchises that just have not been able to get it right uh, for whatever reason. Um, and then, but you look at like, you know, it sometimes it just takes one guy or, or a combination of, of one guy gets it going. Like, the Bucks haven't really been relevant for quite some time until Tom Brady gets there. Of course, it's an easy, comes there. easy example when he's uh, with the greatest of all time. But, uh, you know, I mean – it, it, it can just be – and it, it's frustrating for me because the, the, the Bucks have Bruce Arians who used to coach for the Cardinals, my Cardinals. Uh, their defensive coordinator also used to coach uh, for my Cardinals. So um, they just – they went elsewhere and helped win a championship. Gave up on it. But uh, the Cardinals well, what, just give what, up. What, I think something interesting to look at, Bach, as well, is what's going to happen when Aaron Rodgers leaves. 
you know, they, the, the Green Bay Packers have been a cornerstone of being in the playoffs, making runs at championships, um, being pretty good for a good long time. What's going to happen and how, you know, are they going to be able to transition after uh, he leaves? And what is it going to look like for a blue blood organization like Green Bay? That's just something I think about. And it's like, I can't really see it. I can't really see what happens thereafter. Yeah, especially since there's, you know, kind of been the complaint. And I poke fun at it sometimes because I think he always has some all-pro weapons. So the, the complaint is a little bit too much that he doesn't get enough help. Um, but I understand it's more than just one guy. And, and they don't always – it's just not a free agent destination. So that makes it kind of hard in Green Bay. Um, but – you know, it, it is interesting because that's a that's a franchise that's leaned on the quarterbacks uh, over the years and not been able to get as much help as they wanted. So minus the quarterback, are they going to be able to, to kind of build? And if they aren't, that kind of opens it up to the division, which they've been stomping on for years. The Bears have been downtrodden. The Vikings have kind of been mediocre. The Lions we've talked about. Uh, so it would kind of open it up for an opportunity there. And the Bears, of course, interesting because, you know, between them and Jacksonville, is there going to be a run at Jim Harbaugh? Will that change the dynamics of the Big Ten? So all this stuff is is so fun to, to kind of speculate. And, and you get to do it right in the middle of the playoffs, right when there's a lot of great games, you know, that the Mel Kuyper releases his draft board, um, you know, and then those are those coaching vacancies. So there's always a lot going on with the NFL and they make sure it's year round because uh, we know it's, it's the big ratings drawing, uh, uh, you know, all year round. It gets the most clicks. It's, it's just the, it's just a, a dominant league in and of its own. Um, but uh, we'll make our picks. I think tomorrow officially, you know, going into the weekend and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't miss a pick on wildcard weekend. See, that's what I'm saying, baby. You just got to keep taking your shot. You just got to keep <laughs> taking right. your shot. You're going to hit sooner or later. That's right. Yeah, I, I was I was, I was, a thousand percent, baby. We're going to do it again this weekend. We're going to pick it, baby. We're going in. <laughs> so stay tuned So right for that. after this, we're going to take a break. Yeah, yeah stay tuned. We're going to take a break. We're going to get over to Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald. He's going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, things, Husker, whatever. Come back on the block with Stricken Bach. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> 